Hi, everyone. A quick note about this episode. We recorded with Casey prior to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. We are still so excited to share Casey's journey, wisdom, and insights with you. In the last couple of years, we won awards around great places to work, um, both in the U.S. and globally, as well as for women. And, and I think that although it's a small thing, we always struggle with how important is that message to customers? And I will say in all of our research, customers say that they acknowledge and know when people want to be working somewhere, right? And so the environment that happy people create is someplace customers want to keep coming back to. Be all in. That's the philosophy of intrapreneista Casey O'Leary, Vice President of Global Marketing for what she calls a 100-year-old startup, one of the biggest names in hospitality and hotels, Hilton. From her start in a family ad agency business, to marketing books and music for Borders, to being an agent of positive impact, Casey has been working towards shattering the view of who Hilton is feels proud to be a spokesperson and mentors other women within the organization to be all in. Coming up, you'll hear about the emphasis Hilton puts on people who want to make an impact and have ideas and as an inclusive place for women. Why it's important to be mindful of how you show up every day and to make mistakes and be okay with that. The value of reading the room and understanding the usefulness of letting your guard down and short conversations. Why it matters to get the DNA of the company you work for. Why Hilton shows and how they recruited Anna Kendrick as a powerhouse voice for Hilton. And why seeing the world through her daughter's eyes has transformed the way Casey sees the world. This is the Entrepreneurista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters. No limits. And plenty of surprises. Casey, you joined Hilton over 10 years ago as the Director of Creative and Brand Identity, but what was your background prior to joining the company? I'm actually a trained designer. Um, I went to art school and ultimately started in ad agencies. My parents were entrepreneurs. They had their own advertising agency, so I kind of followed the family business. But what I realized really quickly is that I was more interested in understanding the business impact of the work we were doing. And as a very junior art director at an ad agency, that's just not information you're privy to. I, I quickly left and, and started in corporate business world and marketing. Um, so I started at Borders Books and Music. I moved on to the Sports Club LA, which ultimately got bought by Equinox. And I've been pretty monogamous in my um, business career. So each one of those I was at for five plus years and now been at Hilton for 10. So I, I kind of like embed myself and find it hard to want to leave. How do you know when it's ready to leave? So each time previously have probably been more based on personal reasons. And I think Life is all about that balance, right? Um, and so for me, with leaving the agency world, I had moved out here. I was born in New York, and I desperately wanted to get back here. Um, so I came right after college, realized it wasn't 
my my scene. How um, long were you here for? I wasn't here for that long. I was here for probably like a year. I did come back and I freelanced for a year here um, doing design work. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy the sky too much, I think. Um, and it's hard to see that when you live in the city here. And so ultimately, uh, the other time when I left the Sports Club LA, uh, my husband and I had moved to, my husband at the time, we moved to DC. So when we moved for his job, and that just then became where uh, I actually got courted by Hilton and Marriott at the same time. And then Hilton was just moving from LA to DC. And I kind of hitched my trailer to them really quickly. A new CEO had come in. He was really changing the organization quite dramatically. Um, so I've really, I've kind of been in this amazing evolution of a company that's been around for 100 years, but feels like a startup. And that's, that's probably why I've stayed more than anything else. In a little over 10 years, you went from being the director of creative and brand identity to the VP of global marketing. Can you tell us a little bit about that that journey? Yeah, I think it's um, equal parts the company environment and equal parts just my my own tenacity. So ultimately, Hilton is a pretty inclusive environment. And I, I do joke and I call them a 100-year-old startup. But they really do give a lot of emphasis to people who want to make impact um, and people who have ideas. And it's a really inclusive place for women. Um, and, and they have a lot of programs to help you get to that next level. And I've been part of several of them. Equally, I love solving problems. Like, it's just what drives me. And I think that's a perfect marriage of two things, right? An organization that believes in an individual impact and somebody who can see a problem and wants to fix it. Um, and I think that that allowed me to come in, originally brought on to rebrand Hilton Honors. And then, you know, Hilton Honors is all about um, connecting the brands that we have um, and really delivering something to our customers. There's so many other areas where we could do that and make the marketing organization more efficient. And each time I jumped at that opportunity or brought it forward as an opportunity. Um, and I think that that really allowed me to kind of maneuver around and grow my personal brand there and then also find a way to make the company more profitable. Can you tell us about some of the projects you've been working on over the past few years? Sure. In my job, very much, um, I've always had Hilton Honors as part of my job. Originally, it was just about the design components of it. Ultimately, it's expanded to all of the marketing of Hilton Honors, um, working with our program team. I think the amazing part of that part of my job has been the customers really guiding everything we do. Um, and we spend a lot of time listening to what customers want, both through social listening, but also through traditional research and focus groups. And being that close to the customer is pretty amazing. I've equally also been part of ways that we've expanded talking about our portfolio of brands. Um, and as of last week, we now have 18 trading brands. And the amazing thing about that, which is similar to Honors, is you're the curator of telling people why those brands matter and then finding kind of values-driven reasons for people to want to, to recognize Hilton book with Hilton, stay with Hilton, dream with Hilton. And so that has expanded into things like our current campaign, Expect Better, Expect Hilton, working with Anna Kendrick to really make sure that people understand that 
when you book directly with Hilton, we can give you the best experience because we know who you are. You're able to give us some of your preferences, but also that there's real value when you come directly to us. Um, And things like, I think it was in 2018, we'd identified that if everybody who had booked had booked directly and was an honors member, we would have given away 150 million free nights. Wow. Based in points. Like, that's what people are leaving on the table. And, and that feels like a real opportunity for customers and a real great story for us to be telling. And so that's what I love about my job. And, and we've grown, my team's grown from, I think I had three people um, at the beginning of my journey at Hilton and now we're close to 35, not dissimilar from, from your lovely <laughs> story. And, and that's been an amazing journey. Was there anything that you learned along the way that really surprised you? Mm. Well, probably a lot. I feel now when I look back, I, I, I we just moved in our building, um, and it's amazing to go through your drawers. <laughs> uh, so it's been a bit of a reunion tour. And A, how young I looked and how many wrinkles I didn't have 10 years ago. No, but I, over that time, I have learned a lot of soft and hard business skills, right? So I I was surprised at how important executive presence was and and how important it is that that happens all the time. Like I, I remember in my first two years, I was at Hilton, we were redoing the identity and I was asked to come up to the 11th floor, which is our executive floor, um, to explain how, why uh, stock photography costs so much to, our, to some, a member of our executive team. And I didn't have a business jacket, you know, it's just like such a little thing that that made me not feel as confident. Um, So I think really being mindful of how you show up every day and making sure that you have um, kind of escape outs in those situations. So for me, it's always having a jacket at the office because you never know Mm -hmm. who you're going to have to go meet with. But I also I also learned that it's really important to make mistakes because those have probably been my biggest learning moments. It's hard to to be okay with that. And I have really learned that mentoring others, they find it hard and they think they'll be judged really harshly when they make mistakes. And I think it's hard for people to sometimes learn from those. But I, I, I would say that was probably the biggest learning for me because I thought some of the mistakes I made uh, and I have joked, like, I'm amazed I still have a job. <laughs> well, you have to tell us some of these mistakes <laughs> yeah. now. What you yeah, yeah. I mean, like, oh, uh, a, a big one was we sent out honor signage to all of our hotels, um, and it said hi in multiple languages. And the way it was printed, it was printed on the back of the plexiglass sign, and the Arabic was flipped. So we sent them out to 4,000 hotels. Um, and it was two months later, a hotel in San Diego, of all places, because we had hotels in around the world, called us and and told us that we had made that mistake. Now, that was a, a pretty pricey mistake. So learning to expand my network of people to how you proof things. And that was a, a big kind of hard learning, like a hard skill learning of like, how do you make sure that you proofread your work? How do you make sure that you have the right people around you that can proofread things and, and don't always... Um, outsource that. You, you need to find those people internally um, to really help push some of that. And soft skills, I know the jacket's a little one. I've definitely made mistakes of either being too brash um, and pushing the envelope a little too much. And so I think a big learning has been reading audiences 
right, to show up in a meeting or on the phone because we deal with, we're a franchise organization, so we deal with a lot of different sized hotel owners in terms of big corporations that own our properties as well as, you know, small family-run organizations. And you really have to read the audience to know what is the information they're looking for and how can you help them? And I think that's really rooted in Hilton. You know, our, our founder said we're an organization built on people serving people. Um, and so I'm constantly reminding myself, like, I'm a servant leader. I'm here to help serve people. And sometimes that's our customer, but sometimes that's the customer of our owner or our general managers at our hotel. Um, and that's a real gift. It's a real gift to to be able to be in that role, but it's also uh, important to remind, remember that um, and remind myself that. Do you have any tips for how to read the room? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times people, they work so hard on their presentations that it's about getting through the slides and the content. I am a big believer in reading body language and eyes when people either are tuning out um, and you can see that because their body language starts to slope back. They get really engaged in other other things, whether that's their computer or their phone. Also, their eyes, when they're wondering because they don't understand what you're saying, usually they're looking around the room, looking at other people to see if they understand. I think those are really big cues of like, I'm missing something right now. Let's pause. Let's slow down. Let's ask questions. Asking the uh, audience that you're speaking to questions is the easiest way to re-engage them. It's the easiest way to make sure that they understand the information you're telling them. Um, and, and that's been a big learning for me. Is this something that you've just learned as you've gone through your career? Have you had a mentor as well that's helped you along the way? Well, I've had a lot of mentors in my time. Um, most of them have been very strong women. None of them necessarily taught me that. I, there's definitely like phrases that I have in my head from some of them. Uh, one of my favorites from my my old boss, and she used to say, "The grass is gr- the grass is brown everywhere," which is like. She was a, such an optimist, so it was always a funny thing to come out of her mouth. <laughs> um, but none of those things, like reading the audience, wasn't ever something that they sat down and told me. It was just me watching how they went about their jobs. I think our CEO is another person I watch very closely. Uh, his ability to capture people in a room with his passion is just something that's um, it's hard not to watch and try to learn from. How has your leadership style changed from when you were managing three people to now 35? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, And I probably am not the best person to answer that, right? Like, I I still have somebody on my team. team. I still have somebody on my team team who's been with me for nine years. Like, so that's actually probably one of the best compliments I've ever received is people wanting to stay on my team. I guess I would say when you're you're earlier in your career and you start to lead people, I think you don't realize the impact you have on them. And I think you're trying to you're trying to give them information by telling them. And I think over time, what you learn is give them enough information so they they actually learn it themselves they think it's their idea um and i think that's a that's probably been the biggest change in and how i've grown as a leader um in those in those 10 years or in my 25 plus year career is just that people learning themselves 
So teaching people how to drink water instead of just constantly giving them water is, is really important in creating an environment where everybody feels they can thrive. Coming up, the behind the scenes of why Hilton chose to work with Anna Kendrick as a spokesperson. You talked a little bit about the Expect Better, Expect Hilton campaign earlier, and I want to know more about it. Yeah, I'd love to talk about it. Yeah, as I said, we, we spend a lot of time thinking about customers, about everything we do. And I think one of the fascinating things, of course, from a business perspective, we want people to come directly to us. But one of the things we uncovered in a year-long uh, uh, year long amount of research was that customers really are disappointed in the travel journey itself, which is shocking, right? We all love travel. I've never met anybody who's like, doesn't love travel. Stay home. <laughs> right. Stay home. Don't go anywhere. And, and so for something that has so much expectation, right, and so much excitement, the fact that when you actually talk to people about the difference of dreaming about their vacation to actually planning and booking their vacation, there's such a drop off. And in our research, we really, really wanted to figure out the psychology around that and where Hilton, with actual claims that we have to offer customers, could be compelling to them. Um, and so that's really the, the mindset of that campaign is how do we really convince people that Hilton is there for them? We want to be the champion in their travel journey. And so we thought about some of our policies. So our price match guarantee was one that that really rose to the top because one of the things we learned is people were very confused about pricing. Um, and so that's why they would spend like six hours researching before they would go and book a trip. And we wanted to cut down on that. And part of that was not having confidence when they booked. So not only were they spending that amount of time before they booked, but then they would go spend after they've already paid they would go spend more time researching their trip to see if they got the best deal. And that really seemed like an opportunity for us to say, okay, what is a product we have that we can offer customers that would meet this interesting insight in terms of how people book, stay, and travel? And, and that was a happy marriage um, of Expect Better, Expect Hilton. And then we thought really hard about how do we bring that to life? Um, being a 100-year-old company – there are definitely perceptions out there about who we are as a brand, and that was something we wanted to shatter a bit. And that was why it was really important for us to think about kind of a powerhouse woman that could bring that to life and really surprise people um, that this is Hilton. So not only did we want to come with a punchy line and a punchy product that would answer their needs, but actually come through a voice that was compelling and authentic. And that's why Anna Kendrick was a really happy marriage to, to this campaign going forward. How did you land on, land on her? Not easy. Being a 100-year-old company, you really have to think hard about who you're going to put as the, the spokesperson of your brand. So we went through many hours of conversations about who that would be. Um, and ultimately, Anna is so authentically mm -hmm. who she is. I love her. She, yeah. And she's amazing. And, and the person you see on camera is in a lot of ways who she is. And I would say everything we've done with her, she's brought more to the scripts. She definitely has an, an interpretation of her own brand and brings that forward. And that's what's made the work really exciting is to see where she'll also take it. Um, and 
and the reaction from customers has been amazing. We've definitely seen an uptick in traffic to our website, specifically for our 25 to 45-year-olds. Um, we've seen an increase in bookings. Um, last year, we hit, um, Mark, 100 million honors members. Wow, congrats. Um, and when I started 10 years ago, we only had 25 million. So like, it's been a pretty big journey, but it's just um, since the campaign is launched, the increase in traffic, membership, and people booking direct has definitely uh, seen huge increases, which is great. I remember when I first saw one of the new commercials, I think one of the first commercials with Anna, I was like, wow, Hilton's really trying to be relevant now and just like get in there with this, you know, the younger demographic and being really relatable. So I think she was definitely a, a win for you guys. Yeah. What is it like putting together a deal like that with a with a big celebrity and negotiating and figuring out like, what do you actually want this person to be doing? Yeah, funny enough. So Anna is our spokesperson that we use in the U.S., the U.K., Germany, and Australia. We've also done deals in China with Steffi Q, and in India, we are just about to do creative with Vicky Kashul, who's a Bollywood star, um, and uh, in Japan with Makiko Takazawa. And each one of them are slightly different because the region needs something slightly different. Um, so I think with Anna, it's been... How do we leverage her personality and her brands and bring it forth in a way that is authentic to her? And so that is her coming across as a savvy traveler and being that friend that's giving you guidance. And so the contract has really been formally more in traditional content with some some increases in in the social content that she'll do for us. So some of that she's doing herself and some of that we're creating and she's pushing out. And it's not easy, right? She's a big star and her star is only growing. So being mindful of the fact that, you know, we don't want her to feel oversaturated and um, and and that's probably a, a big balance for her. In other places, we're thinking about how that person can help us beyond just the content. So in in China and Japan, you're thinking about how does that influencer also go to some of our properties and convey those stays through their social channels, which is more authentic for some of them that are more traditional content creators or influencers than it would be for Anna to do that. Um, and so we're thinking about each of them slightly differently. And of course, that just creates complexity of making sure that um, you have all the deal points correct um, and and that they feel as comfortable with the contract as you do, because renegotiating a contract is never fun. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of bringing this campaign to life, are you working with agencies? Is it all in-house? How many people does it take to bring something like this? An army? To fruition. A exactly. <laughs> uh, a country? Um, no. And so, how much time does it take to plan for something like this? Yeah, it's a really good question. So our agency um, that is behind a lot of the creative work is TBWA here in New York. We also have worked with some bespoke social shops on some of the the content. TBWAs, though, are global network, and so we are leveraging them for those other country campaigns. But we do also do a lot in-house. So uh, we have an internal studio that probably was 10 people five years ago and has grown exponentially because as you think about it, you might have one piece of content that TBWA develops 
that's amazing. But then you need 125 different variations of that. And so having that internal studio who really knows our brands is critically important to us being more efficient and allows us to turn things a little bit quicker um, and try different things because they're right there sitting with you. And with our new move, they're sitting right next to me, which is, uh, I think, bad for them, good for me. (laughs) In the office, we also built a a studio so we can actually record um, and edit uh, in our office now, which we weren't able to do before. And for us, just because content is king, you guys know that, having a place where we can record with our CEO or our CMO, or we can have talent who's in the building, um, it just makes us uh, a lot faster to market. And I, even if content is king now, I think relevancy and quick to market is probably just as important, if not more important, because the moment in time where things happen and there's conversation lasts a nanosecond. Yeah, we, Courtney and I, preach that all day in and day out, every single day. So I want to hear a little bit about growing your team and hiring the right people. What do you look for in a potential employee that would be able to join your team? Are there certain interview questions you always go to to know this is the right type of person? Yeah. Yes. I would say the two things I'm always looking for, one is when people are endlessly curious those people you know are just never going to rest until they figure out the right insight, the right nugget. They're really on trends and culture. Uh, I'd say the other thing is people who challenge me and challenge my mindset. It's really boring being in your own head and not having somebody who shows you a different perspective. And so I really do try to find people that it's probably a balance of confidence to be able to say that and challenge and somebody who has a point of view, right? And so you're looking for somebody who can bring that to the table. So those two things I'm always looking for beyond like obvious skill set. I do end every interview with the same question. You know, you spend an hour with somebody, but that's not how we remember information anymore. So I end every interview with, we've now just spent 60 minutes or 30 minutes talking But if I was to only remember our interview vis-a-vis a a Twitter post, what would that be? And I give them about 15 seconds to come up with it. What's the best answer you've heard? Um, (laughs) God, I I don't know if I can remember. But um, somebody said to me, hey, I'm hungry. And I feel challenged by you. I'm the right person. And I was just like, great. They didn't feel the need to kind of recap everything they'd just gone through. They just told me the one thing they wanted me to know about them. Um, and that that stuck. Yeah. They got the job. They got the yeah. job. <laughs> <laughs> what do you ask to uh, learn if someone is endlessly curious or is going to, you know, bring a point of view to the table and challenge you? Yeah. So a lot of times, I think in interviews, people come prepared to tell you about their successes. I think when people stumble over the question of what's the biggest mistake you've made and how you've overcome it is always very telling to me. I think that I ask a lot of questions about what drives people. 
um, both at work and not at work, because I think that tells me how curious they are. You know, what are the other things that drive them in their life and how are they showing up that they're passionate about what they do, I think are telling to curiosity. And then in terms of people coming across where they're POV, it's very clear when you ask somebody the question of, so what was your role in that work? of their ability to to honestly convey um, their point of view, right? Because either people over convey their role um, and you can tell that they're a little uncomfortable with where they're going or they they quickly go to the team. Um, and that that's always a, a tell to me of how likely they are to be collaborative and then make sure that they're leading through their their point of view. You mentioned before that you do mentor a lot of uh, women within the organization. Can you share a little more about the advice you give maybe some of the younger women who are just starting out in their career who want to, you know, act like entrepreneurs within the organization like you have and work your way up? What's the best advice you're sharing with them? Yeah, I think I think this is where Hilton is is truly amazing. There is a we have a lot of groups um, and we have fascinating women at all levels at Hilton. So there is a, a women's work group. And I would say I've probably learned more from that group than anything else. Um, but when I'm asked, I, I try to use my own stories. Um, and I think that that's where I've been the most successful, being vulnerable and sharing when I've not succeeded and how much I've learned from a mistake, I would say is where I feel that the women I'm talking to open up more. They feel like it's okay to share with me um, and that that there's hope, right? And, and I think that that's important. I think people need to let down their guard a little bit to share. Um, and so for me, it's, I also have this, my team jokes with me all the time. I take normal phrases and I mess them up or I merge them. So I always end up saying the wrong thing, but I tend to say like things like, let's not get caught up in our underpants, which just means like, it's very easy to get caught up in the system, get caught up in the politics. Like, how do you remove yourself from that? Um, and I think that's also been a way where, because I am showing up as who I am, those phrases like endear me to people in some way, shape, or form. Um, now they've presented them back to me in coffee cups. Which I get to <laughs> remind myself of how silly I can be. Um, but I think that exchange is critically important. Up next, a love for caffeine and dictionaries, plus a surprise. You can connect with us at socialflyny.com and follow us on Instagram at entrepreneistas. Check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneistapodcast.com. There's nothing that we love more than connecting with each of you. Our community is growing and we can't wait to get to know you better. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at entrepreneistas, where we feature female founders and leaders each week, as well as share exclusive discounts and giveaways from your favorite brands. We'd also love to invite you to join our private Facebook group. You can find us by searching for Entrepreneurs on Facebook in the search bar and sending a request to join. We can't wait to see you there.
Something that Stephanie and I like to do is surprise and delight our guests. So we actually got a gift for you. It's in your Entrepreneurista swag bag near your chair. Oh, wow. Am I, I'm opening yes. it now. Yes. Yeah, I can yes, see please. from the look. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, wow, you guys, this so is thank so Thank you so thoughtful. much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is It's been such a treat. And as I was saying earlier, we just people don't spend enough time doing this and actually talking and sharing. And information sharing is so important. So thank you. And who doesn't love a good swag bag, you guys? So oh, you got to see what's so in much. there. If you move the car, return that. No, we'll look at both notebooks there. Uh, oh, I get look two at the notebooks. front. Okay, so I love a good notebook, and I um, I'm pr- pretty. Oh, so it has my initial yeah. on it. Thank <laughs> you. Um, I'm pretty religious about using them and writing them and taking them everywhere. I have two with me right now because I'm in between. Do you guys always have that moment where you have to bring both because you're transitioning? Um, so thank you guys. And there should be. A little okay. pin inside oh, your bag so you don't lose it. It's a little oh, entrepreneurista pin that you can now wear. Which actually matches my outfit yes, perfect. today. Yes. So <laughs> I will throw that on. Thank you, You're guys. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for being here. It's been a pleasure. So you were sharing a little bit before about the culture of Hilton and just how proud you are of this organization. And you recently shared you won an award. Yeah, so... I think we've spent a lot of time, not only not only do we listen to what our customers are telling us, but the company spent a lot of time actually listening to our team members, instituting surveys, making sure that team members feel part of the change of the organization. And in the last couple of years, we won awards around great places to work, um, both in the U.S. and uh, globally, as well as for women. And and I think that although it's a small thing, we always struggle with how important is that message to customers. And I will say in all of our research, customers say that they acknowledge and know when people want to be working somewhere, right? And so the environment that happy people create is someplace customers want to keep coming back to. Um, and so I think winning those types of awards, spending the kind of time we are on our customers or on our team members is critically important to our customers. What makes Hilton such a great place to work? Yeah, for me, I think the p- thing I would always tell people about finding the right place for you and, and therefore whether that's a great place to work as acknowledged by other people or for you Um, For me, it's aligned values, right? So finding a place that you feel not only gives you the kinds of challenges you need in your career, but also someplace that you feel proud to be a spokesperson for. And and every team member is a spokesperson. And for me, I think the steps we've taken to align ourselves uh, to the Paris climate deal and our 2030 goals, we were the first to really take that step in um, our alignment of our global our global footprint um, and making sure we cut by 50% in 2030. Uh, th- that makes me really proud. It makes me really proud to think about how we tell that story, um, both internally and externally. What would you say inspires you daily? My team, my family are, are super easy answers for me. But I, every day... You know, people are like icebergs, right? They show up and show you about one third of themselves. Um, And so to me, being surrounded by extraordinarily talented people makes me feel talented. And that makes me excited to go to work every day. And then, you know, I I have worked really hard at finding work-life balance. It definitely was a goal for me in 2019, having a young baby. And 
And I, I just really look forward to five o'clock on Friday or at five o'clock any day now that I go home at that time to spend that two really two important hours with my daughter. And, and you know, seeing the world through her eyes has definitely changed the way I see the world. You know, she's curious about everything. Uh, she's open to everything. And I think that's made me more open yeah. to everything. And I bet she likes a good hotel bed. Uh, she likes jumping on a good <laughs> hotel bed. Um, I, I don't think she likes staying in hotels quite yet. She's fascinated by elevators. Um, hotels are really, I actually have thought about this. Like on a rainy day, going to a hotel is actually like a great thing to do with a kid. A there's so much open yeah. space. I'm like, they, we just need to open up our ballrooms on on snowy rainy days. There's just kids running around in them would be like a genius use of that space. New marketing initiative exactly. for 2020. I'll just, yeah, I'll get on that with our 5300 get, get all the families in. <laughs> I'll just start showing up at hotels. It'll be fine. What is a typical day like for you? A typical day for me? Well, caffeine in the morning. Can't go without it. What time um, are you waking up? Let's oh, go yeah. Through it. Uh, so I wake up um, somewhere between 530 and 6 o'clock every morning um, to try to get some caffeine in me before my daughter wakes up. I can't help it. That phone is sitting next to me. So I do look at it. What's um, the first thing you check? I, I usually always check Instagram before yeah. anything else. Um, now, my husband's got a show. I have a lot of family that lives um, overseas, so they've already been awake for five hours. So seeing what they're up to, it's a nice way to feel like I'm connected there. I also have a global team. So I have team members in Shanghai and Singapore and London. And so it's not unusual for me to have a, a, a WhatsApp message from one of them um, about something that's happening. Um and so it, it gives me a moment for reflection and my English breakfast tea. And then um, and then getting to spend some time with my daughter in the morning is pretty awesome um, before I head to work. Now, my husband and I work together at Hilton, so I, I have a lovely commute uh, where we get to connect um, every morning. And then with my team, I'm, I'm a pretty a pretty busy day, um, mostly in meetings, so... I'm trying to find and carve out more time that I have open office hours because what I am finding is we are gelling better as a team when they feel they have more access to me and to some of my peers. So really carving out that time is important. What's something our audience would be surprised to find out about you? I actually love dictionaries. Interesting. Probably one of What's my your favorite words. <laughs> yeah, um, I love words that are hard to say and that sound beautiful coming out. Um, and my team will probably somewhat laugh about this because I mess things up all the time. But like serendipitous, like it's just lovely to say. It makes me happy. Uh, melody for some reason makes me happy. So I, I'm fascinated by words. I'm fascinated how we use them and how they can change the trajectory of a conversation. Um, and I think they're really powerful. Um, so I do, I love, I spend a lot of time randomly Googling words in Webster, online, um, finding synonyms to things. Do you have a physical dictionary in, on your I desk? I have it too? at home, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't have it at work. But, you know, you don't, you don't really need the hard book anymore. Just got the dictionary in your pocket. <laughs> exactly. Your There's an app. So, you know. If you had out. to set an intention for 2020 mm. in just one word, what would it be? So last year it was balance. 
I think this year it's actually been, um, I thought about it a lot over the holidays, uh, intentionality. Like there's a lot of things we just do. Whether society tells us to, your, your personal clock tells you to, your family tells you to. And for me, I just want to ensure that I'm doing things that I believe in and I'm doing things that drive me or drive my team or my family. Um, and I, I think every day being more intentional about the things I will or won't do. And, and I, I read this quote recently that I loved is make sure that a yes to someone else isn't a no to you. Um, and for me, I think that's something that I'm really taking to heart in 2020. I love that. I'm writing that down yeah, right now. Yeah, it's an amazing <laughs> quote. Uh, we were just talking about that yeah. recently. But you forget, right? Yeah. You say yes to so many people every day, and you don't always think about the reaction it is to you, either immediately or long term. If you could give our audience one essential career tip, just one. What's your best career tip? Working your way up. <laughs> this is your version of my Twitter question. Uh, got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, make it tweetable. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Be all in. Like, if you're going to be present somewhere, be present. Um, I think today, more and more people, you just are surrounded by technology. So you show up in meetings with your cell phone or your computer and you know what? You're not paying attention when you do that. So to me, I think the biggest thing is if you're going to be present, be present. And lastly, what does being an intrapreneista mean to you? Yeah, I think for me, it's about being an agent of positive impact. Um, I think that it doesn't matter, you know, be, having grown up in a family of entrepreneurs and, and realizing for myself, even when I was freelancing, it just, it wasn't for me. It doesn't mean that I haven't been able to be an agent of positive change in the organizations I've been in. But I think it's about being really true to who you are, knowing that you're going to have to fight for the things you want. Nobody's going to hand you it um, and, and going for it. To me, those are what an entrepreneurista is um, and how they show up every day. I love that. Being an agent of positive impact. I just wrote that down too. I love these I tips so you're sharing. Yes, Thank you are. You. We're going to make so much content. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much Thank for being guys. here and sharing your journey and story. It's truly incredible how much you've been able to accomplish and everything that you've done at Hilton over the past 10 years. We're definitely going to be following what you're up to. Thank so you. congratulations. And thank you again for being here. Well, thank you guys. This has um, been the funnest thing I've done on a Friday in a long time. So. Oh, good. We're so, so happy to hear you. that. Yeah. Where can everyone find you, follow you, and of course, check out all of your incredible Hilton campaigns and, and book, right? Yes. Book, book a hotel. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, of course, you can find us at Hilton.com or HiltonHonors.com or on Instagram, social media, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Um, you know, I follow all of our lovely 18 trading brands. Um, so from Waldorf all the way down to Hampton. Um, and uh, personally, uh, probably my most open account is on LinkedIn. So Casey O'Leary. Um, on LinkedIn um, is where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. Thank I'm Stephanie. You. I'm Courtney. And this is the best business meeting we've ever had.
Entreprenista is produced by Mouth Media Network for Socialfly. Copyright Socialfly, all rights reserved. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.